scripture can teach by positive example, traits or people that you want to be like, but also negative example, people and traits that you don't want to be like. A lot of times, both of those at different parts of the story are the same person. (laughs) There's a lot of nuance to draw from that, help in different situations, but also a mirror because if I look at that, I'm a mixed bag too. Yeah. And I think we're all probably in that boat. Welcome to Faith Refresh, where we take another look at the Bible passages, beliefs, and other church stuff you've probably heard a million times and find something fresh. Welcome back to episode five of Faith Refresh. My name is Anson, along with Chaplain Justin. Howdy. It's good to be back in the studio with you, Justin. Yeah, it's good. It's been a little while. It feels a lot longer just because all the ice and like being quarantined all over again, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we had uh, some winter weather here in Northwest Arkansas, where we're from, so we got delayed a little bit Mm -hmm. in the production of this podcast. But we're back at it now, and we're diving into, this week, moral examples, or you even have in our notes here, maybe immoral examples. Right, would be yeah. a better title. This will be fun, yeah. We've kind of circled around this topic with a couple of previous episodes, particularly the biblical stories mm-hmm. that we've covered. We've talked about Abraham. We've talked about David. During the course of those conversations, we've talked both about their character and about God's character. Mm-hmm. And you have kind of made the point that in those stories, maybe sometimes we almost focus so much on the human characters, actions, and Mm -hmm. character, maybe to the detriment of God's character Mm -hmm. a little bit. But now I want to really zero in on those human beings in those stories Mm -hmm. and their character, because interestingly enough, and keep in mind here, at least with those two examples, we're talking about two who we would call heroes of the faith. Exactly. Some of the biggest names in Christendom, (laughs) Abraham and David. And yet, are they moral people? Are they good people? That's kind of a complicated question yes, to answer, it is, is yeah. it not? Yes. You know, we kind of mentioned some of the well-meaning Sunday school dynamics yeah. of, here's Abraham, he had faith, so you have faith, that kind of one-to-one. And there's a lot going on these these stories. There's just more to it. Once you actually read Abraham's story, for instance, or mm-hmm. David's story for yourself, you get to see like, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear about this part before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And well, and maybe because for good reason, some of those parts of those stories weren't safe for the little ears yeah. when you're in, you know, kindergarten or yeah, whatever. Yeah, PG, and then all of a sudden you run into a PG-13, you know, <laughs> right. area of the story, right? Yeah. So, I mean, let's take Abraham, the father of the Israelite nation, mm-hmm. the patriarch of the yes, Jewish faith. Yeah. What do we see in his behavior from a 10,000 foot view. Mm-hmm. What is the summary of who Abraham is? I don't know if we could weigh him on a scale. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where does he land? That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Because he doubts in his story mm. several times yeah. to the extent of trying to find his own workaround to fulfilling God's promise on his own terms. Right. He lies when he gets in a pinch. When kind he of a, a weird lie to yeah, that's right. talking about This isn't his, uh, really my wife. This is my sister. <laughs> so you could, and he does it twice. Like, don't you know? do that. Uh, don't do it again. Yeah. Like, oh. And so <laughs> it's like, okay, the father of the faith. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, yes, a great example in so many ways. And then also a not so good 
example yeah. in terms of his wrestling and not necessarily doubts in and of themselves, but the fact that he's upheld as this father of the faith. And mm. you might not anticipate until you read the stories for yourself that, oh, he actually wrestled quite a bit, right? let alone lied whenever he felt stressed. <laughs> <you Yeah. know? laughs> well, because in some of the stories, it seems like he's a bastion of faith. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, like the story that we covered about him mm-hmm. and his son, mm-hmm. you know, God tells him, you're going to go sacrifice your son on this mountain at least from what we see in the story, we don't see any indication of any doubt. He, right. he basically yeah. just is like, okie dokie and mm-hmm. takes off and obeys God. So like in one instance, we see, you know, pretty incredible obedience. Mm-hmm. And then in the very next, we see doubt and lies mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. deception and all sorts of stuff creep in. So it, it is interesting to me that it's not all one or all the other. It's a real mixture of both. Yeah, he's human. Ah. You know, like he's very human, <laughs> complex, mm. a mixed bag like the rest of us. Yeah. And for me, that's really encouraging to read and to wrestle with, even though it might take some discernment of where do I follow his example and where don't I? And then, like we've said before, not to get lost in any one particular story, but to really understand what it means the character and nature of God, what he's up to, how it leads to the Messiah, you know, in Jesus. There are a lot of different dynamics, but there are moral lessons to be Mm. taken from the Bible. But Mm -hmm. if you get into it, sometimes it's just not as clear or black and white as you might think. Yeah. You know, I think when we're talking about some of these contradictions or some of this kind of lack of clarity, nowhere is that more stark than with David. Yes, great example. Because David is literally called man after God's own heart. He is in certain verses in scripture held up as an example of yes. morality and mm-hmm. what it looks like to be a faithful follower of God. Mm-hmm. And yet he literally <laughs> murders a dude and steals his wife. Yes. Right? It doesn't get a whole lot more morally repugnant than mm-hmm. that. I don't blame people for kind of looking at that and going, how do I reconcile yeah. that? How, I don't how know can, what to do with this. How can right. God call this guy who did that mm-hmm. a man after my heart? How mm-hmm. does that make sense? And I think it's interesting if you look at so Abraham, this man of faith, right? And then doubts, lies, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm. And then over here, this uh, David who's devoted, mm. then you have adultery, murder. Interesting. You see those tensions, mm. and I think very intentionally in the Bible, how often for any one of us are our strengths, in some ways, the darker side of them, a pitfall, mm in certain situations. You know, for Abraham, it was under duress or stress that these things came out. For David, it was out of his arrogance and pride that it came out. And and that's more nuanced than just do good things like David, you know. But that's some of the different shades or complexity or nuance that we can take from the examples in Scripture. For some of us, Maybe this isn't really news, right? Like, I mean, yeah, we've we've read the Bible close enough to know that some of these dudes were messed up, right? Some of these characters, they had their flaws along with their virtues. But for others, not necessarily that we've never heard of these stories before. We've probably heard of David and Bathsheba and these things. But as it really starts to kind of like hit home with us, this apparent contradictory 
two-facedness of some of these characters mm-hmm. in scripture, it could really turn into a bit of a stumbling block for us. How do I reconcile the fact that these people who are supposed to be these shining examples of the faith are, are so messed up in so many ways? How does that fit into the story? It, it just seems so contrary to everything that we think we know about God's heart and what he wants from us. And it can really become a stumbling block mm-hmm. for us, can it not? I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who are believers in stumbling or people that are not yet believers in stumbling over the same thing. Like the idea, and this is, it's so pervasive and strong, the idea that the Bible is mainly a morality tale or full of morality tales, people to follow their example, Mm -hmm. you know, good things to do, bad things not to do. And that's really what it is. And so if you see some of these nuances or seeming contradictions in people's character, then you could say, well, what category do I put that in? It's not good. It's not bad. It's not hero. It's not villain. There's some mixture here. When it comes to believers, it's almost like speaking in hushed tones. Mm. Like I read this part of the Bible (laughs) and I don't know what to do with it. And we're just going to put that back up on the shelf, pretend like it didn't happen. And and I really have a a heart for a person in that place because it's almost like voicing something that you're you're scared is just out of bounds and it's going to disqualify you in some way. Right. A lot of times it's like, you're on the right track. Mm. You know, you're seeing these things in David, for instance, they're there for a reason. Now what, you know, how do we make sense of them and how do they apply to our lives? Someone who's maybe not yet a Christian, a lot of times we'll see those inconsistencies and say, there it is. It's a contradiction. It didn't make sense when there could be a lot of like something good to be drawn out of that, as well as connecting that with the inconsistencies they see in Christians' character, you know, people that they know or just at large. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into this morality piece of scripture and how it relates to our lives. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fallout from that may be a byproduct of our desire as Christians sometimes to put that stuff up on a shelf or kind of hide it behind a curtain and be like, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about that. It leads to a lot of confusion, I think, Mm -hmm. both for non-Christians looking in from the outside going, wait, what about this part over here that (laughs) you're just ignoring? Yeah, And then, yeah, for Christians going, okay, so if I bring up the fact that David actually kind of seems like an awful person in this passage over mm-hmm. here. Does that disqualify me from being part of the team? Or, yeah. You know, we're just yeah. not supposed to talk about that. That can lend to some really serious misunderstandings mm-hmm. of what the Bible's trying to do mm-hmm. and the story it's trying to tell. We've mentioned before that really the Bible story is, is about God and his plan his purpose, his redemption of that plan and purpose and the people within it. But scripture through that can teach by positive example, traits or people that you want to be like, but also negative example, Mm. people and traits that you don't want to be like. A lot of times, both of those at different parts of the story are the same person. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of nuance to draw from that, help in different situations, but also a mirror, because if I look at that, I'm a mixed bag too. Yeah. You know, like David, there's some ways that, yeah, I'm devoted Mm. to God and his purposes and ways that I stray from that and that don't line up 
with who I want to be or who God's called me to be. And I think we're all probably in that boat right. one way or another. And that's the beauty of what some of these stories can offer to us is the positive aspects, the negative aspects, the in-between that we don't quite know what to do with. And then also this longing for a Redeemer yeah. again and again that can fix this because I can't I can't follow the example, but um, I, I, I need some help and redemption toward some of these aspirational values. One of the stories that you mentioned as we were talking about this subject was the parable of the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. that Jesus tells, mm-hmm. which I think this is kind of an interesting one because mm-hmm. this same principle still applies, right? That mm-hmm. these stories are not merely moralistic tales describing the way that we ought to act. Mm-hmm. How does the parable of the Good Samaritan follow that same principle? Well, there's a eyes? really interesting documentary. It's called Collision back in 2009. And I was like, whoa, that's oh, kind of okay. back in the day yeah. now. The late Christopher Hitchens really anti-religion in a lot of different ways, has a pretty well-known book entitled God is Not Great. And so that's pretty intense, you know. And he went on a debate tour with a pastor named Doug Wilson, both of them very provocative in their own right, like to stir the pot. Mm -hmm. But the thing, the moment that made Hitchens sign on to this debate tour was talking about the Good Samaritan. They were at this restaurant or lobby somewhere. Hitchens mentioned the Good Samaritan essentially being a morality tale. You know, the Good Samaritan was nice to this person, so you be nice to people. You love your neighbor. Right. And Doug Wilson kind of pipes up and he's like, that's not what the story is about. Oh, okay. (laughs) He just talks about how the Samaritan was oppressed There's a lot of prejudice from Jewish people against Samaritans, and he makes the Samaritan the hero of the story, loving his neighbor as himself, and going above and beyond where some of the religious officials and leaders pass by this person who was suffering on the side of the road, Mm -hmm. probably because of reasons of becoming ritually unclean, right? not knowing if he's a dead body or not. And so they pass by because they don't want to risk it. Yeah. And the Good Samaritan, who is considered unclean, does this loving act Mm. and goes above him. It's a beautiful, subversive story that's subverting religious hypocrisy. Hitchens had never heard that Mm. before. It was so enlightening to him, so interesting to him, he signed on to do the whole debate (laughs) tour with Doug Wilson Mm. out of just talking about that one thing that, oh, it's not just a morality tale. I mean, here's a public intellectual who is highly regarded as a thinker, and he had that morality tale perspective on scripture. Yeah. And it shows up there in that interaction. That's interesting. And yeah, not something that is exclusive to people outside of the Christian faith mm-hmm. either. So many of us, mm-hmm. I think, within the Christian faith have been brought up with that morality mm-hmm. mindset. And I think it's really interesting that confusion and frustration is also present in terms of how we evaluate. Christians today. Yes. Right. Like the people that I have talked to who say, man, I'm, I'm really struggling with my Christian faith right now. Why is that? Like, what are the things that you feel like are are making you struggle? The the number one thing that I have heard is I am really struggling with the way Christians are behaving Mm -hmm. in our Mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. They have values that don't align with my values. They speak in ways that I think are disrespectful. Mm -hmm. They behave in ways that I think are inappropriate. 
maybe it's political for some people. They hold political views that are mm-hmm. incongruent with yeah, my yeah. view of morality. Mm-hmm. The long and short of it is I think Christians are really hypocritical, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically what we're saying in this conversation is, hey, go back and look at the forefathers yes. of Christianity. Yeah. They were really hypocritical, yeah. right? What we're describing about Christians today, if they are indeed hypocritical, that would not necessarily be something new, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's yep. not a novel thing. It's a human thing. It's period. a human thing, yeah. right? And so I guess how does this view of scripture and of Bible characters mm-hmm. and understanding the complexity of who they were, warts and all, mm-hmm. how, how does that potentially change us and our view of contemporary Christianity, people that we see that we go, something's incongruent there. Something isn't lining up. Yes. Just to speak for myself, I want to be self-aware in that all fall short of the glory of God. Mm. That includes the characters in scripture. That includes myself and everyone around me. We're going to fall short. Tim Keller would drive that a little bit deeper and say, we don't even uphold our own values perfectly. Mm, yeah. So I fall short of my own aspirational values, whatever they are. Oh, that's the truth. <laughs> say say hypocrisy is the big sin, yeah. right? So authenticity is the value. Do I fall short of authenticity? Mm. Yes. Of course. We all do. Yeah. And so what that should do, and scripture helps us, is that, okay, we're all in this boat together. Mm-hmm. I am a hypocrite, like I'm really saying that. I'm a hypocrite, I am two-faced in some ways, and I need a Savior to help sort me out. I think that that would be one of the things that a Christian in that scenario would want to embrace. No, I'm not going to say we're not hypocrites. (laughs) No, I've fallen short, and, and these are some of the ways that I'm stepping into that. Another historical example that's really interesting to me is back in the day, I think it was in the UK, there is this newspaper ad that went on for a while that asked the question, what is wrong with the world? There are lots of different people that wrote lengthy essays and different things. And G.K. Chesterton, a a Christian, wrote in, and he just says, I am. And then he signs, sincerely, (laughs) G.K. Chesterton, the shortest. And yet that is the response that is still in people's minds historically today. I think it's really true. What's wrong? Well, I am probably some way, <laughs> shape, or form, and I'm, I'm not alone in that, not only in my modern moment, present day, but also looking through Scripture, and God can use me. His purposes will not be thwarted. He can still do good things. He can still love people in, in and through me. Uh, even if I fall short along the way, which I do, yeah. you know? Okay. So maybe someone is listening to that and going like, yeah, okay, Justin, I get all that. That all makes sense. Yes. There are people who fall short of God's standards, including myself. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We're, we're all human beings. We mm-hmm. all make mistakes. I can have grace for people like that. But what about the people who don't just mess up sometimes, yeah. but they seem to embody the antithesis of Christian Mm -hmm. values, Mm -hmm. right? And still claim maybe the title Mm -hmm. of Christian. What do we do with those people? One thing that I was thinking about just as we were talking was that not only are there examples in scripture, Mm -hmm. ancient examples, the Abrahams, the Davids of the world, Mm -hmm. people who had great attributes and, and bad attributes and were kind of a mixed bag. There were also a number of people who were Jewish leaders. There Mm -hmm. were, there were Kings of Israel. There were high priests. 
all sorts of people who, at least in scripture, I'm not saying that there wasn't anything redeeming about them at right. all, but as far as we know of their story, there isn't much, Yeah, right? Seems all bad. They were just yeah. not great people. Yes. The story just went all wrong, Yes, right? We have those examples in scripture too. Maybe you would say they're kind of wolves in sheep's clothing, if yes. you will. Those people exist too. That's not a novel thing either, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to notice that the standard that we're measuring that person or those people by comes from scripture and it comes from those values that we fall short of, Mm -hmm. but it's also like a legitimate value system to say this lines up with the character and nature of God or doesn't. Yeah. And that's important. Like that's real, Mm. but we should know that we're using Christian values to get there. We're not coming outside of Christian values, right? Right. And so someone who's wrestling and potentially uh, wanting to walk away from the faith because of that, they're probably using Christian values against that standard of accountability. Yeah. And they're actually on the right track. Mm. It's actually going deeper into those values. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is a great example of this. The fact that he's so oppressed and mistreated and didn't walk away from his faith is what's happening there. He actually went deeper into his faith Mm. and found the resources to hold the system as it were, accountable. Even though it was Christian brothers and sisters who were harming him. Not just pagans or outsiders. And and wasn't just kind of a general hypocrisy, but that hypocrisy (laughs) hurt him. Active persecution. Yes, and his people. Mm. And the people that stood uh, with him and with the others during the civil rights movement. Mm. He's a great example. He actually went deeper into the resources of his faith and found resources within the faith to hold others accountable to and to seek justice for. Practically what that might look like, Jesus says that we should pray for those kinds of people. We should bless them. One of the ways that that works for me is, God, I pray your very best for that person, this group of people. And I don't know what his best is, right? His best could be waking them up, having mercy in that way. It could be some level of discipline or justice or judgment, but I leave all that to him. Hard thing to do. Yes. But an important thing to do. You know, I pray your very best for that people or those Mm. people, but I don't shy away from the values and the accountability that we need to have, even if it's with the self-awareness that I too fall short. And yet there are things that are not good to continue on in. And so what's my next step? If it's a close relationship, maybe there's a closer response. If it's kind of far away, say politically or whatever, then God, I I pray for your very best. Yeah, that's good. On that note, leaving those things in the hands of God, Mm -hmm. I want to circle back around to that as we wrap up this discussion. We've spent a fair bit of time in this episode talking about human beings and Mm -hmm all the ways in which we are messed up. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to lose track of what God is doing in the midst of all that. Mm -hmm. The story that God is telling in scripture by including all of those details of characters who have made some pretty big mistakes or didn't do much other than make mistakes. All of that's in there. Then, of course, there's the climate that we live in today. It all kind of begs the question, what is God doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is God doing with all of that, both in the story, the narrative of Mm -hmm. of Scripture, all the way into our modern day and age? Mm -hmm. What is God doing Mm -hmm. in this story? Well, there's two Scriptures that come to mind. One is really important 
for the character and nature of God in Exodus 34, 6 through 7. He says of himself that I'm the Lord Yahweh. I am that I am merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, forgiving and just. It's like, yes. (laughs) In terms of character, that's who I want to be like and resemble. But the thing is, God really is that throughout human history. Mm. So where all of us are a mixed bag in all these different things, and we want to lean into that, or some of us just want to flat out reject it and go our own way, here's this thread of this is who God is through all of this. The second scripture would be Psalm 107.1, but there's lots of different examples, but it's, "'Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever.'" And that's like this gratitude, worship response to the character and nature of God. He does not give up. He does not give in. His love does not run out. Mm. That reality of the steadfast love of God enduring forever throughout the story of Scripture to our modern day and into eternity makes all of these stories that much more rich and beautiful because he is not giving in, even if others do. What a stark contrast that's painted. I mean, you you see how bright the white is in comparison to the grunge that's presented. Just like the kings, like there are some kings that there is nothing seemingly redeeming about them, but God will bring his Messiah, the King of Kings, the anointed one to fruition. Through that line. (laughs) Yeah. They cannot get in the way of his steadfast love enduring forever. And how beautiful is that for my life and for all of our lives where we can say his steadfast love is going to endure in my best moments, my very worst moments, and all the in-between, let alone human history. Thanks for listening to Faith Refresh. You can find more Real FM pods and tons of other cool stuff on the Real FM app and at real.fm. Faith Refresh is hosted by Justin Rusinowski, and I'm Anson Beyer. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on your platform of choice. It will help others to discover the podcast and listen for themselves. Faith Refresh is a part of the Real FM Podcast Network, a ministry of John Brown University.